A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is The Secret Library, a podcast about writing and publishing books. I'm Caroline Donahue, a life coach who works with writers, and I'm here to tell you this is your year. It's time to stop waiting and start writing. This episode of the Secret Library podcast is brought to you by Scrivener. Get 20% off the desktop software by using the code SECRET at literatureandlatte.com. Welcome to episode 42. My guest today is Ezie Spencer. She is an author, speaker, and coach, and her first book, An Abundant Life, Flourishing with the Cycles of the Moon, is out this month in Australia, forthcoming in the U.S. As you trained originally as a lawyer and then went on to work in government, nonprofit, and research sectors and earned her Ph.D. in women's well-being and justice after violence. Feeling that something elemental was missing in the intellectual world of law, Ezzy began to explore the correlation she noticed between her feelings and the phases of the moon. Her concept, Lunar Abundance, marries intellect with intuition and has reaped results for many women through one-to-one coaching sessions and through the support of a flourishing online community at lunarabundance.com. She is lovely. I love Ezzy, so I'm so happy that she came on, and we're going to talk about the moon and its impact on the writing process and also her experience writing about something that she's been teaching for quite some time and translating that into a book. So I know you're really going to enjoy today's episode. So here we go with Ezzy. Hey, Ezzy, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So I am really, really pumped to talk to you because you work with the Lunar Abundance Practice, which, as we know, I'm a big fan of. I'm a member of your your amazing salon. And you're also releasing a book about the process. So we can both talk about how the process applies to writing and the process of writing about the process. It's so meta. <laughs> it's so meta. <laughs> I'm very juiced to talk about these things. <laughs> so let's start with the process itself, and then maybe we can go into how it became a book. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about how you connected with the moon and how the process evolved, just to Mm. give people an idea. Yeah. Well, I used to work in a very different field. I actually trained and was working as a lawyer in my first career, which was, um, it had a lot which really worked 
for me, I worked in more of the social justice area of the law, law reform. And so it was a career which I really quite enjoyed. I worked with sort of women's issues and there was a lot that was meeting me, I suppose. But there was also, I guess, you know, the law being a very heady intellectual type area. And I also went into uh, legal academia sort of later in my 20s, I was really in that place where I was very much stuck in my head and I was very much stuck in sort of the thinking mind and sort of the rational, logical world that I was really trained to perceive and to work with. And I think there was just a part of me which felt that there was something kind of elemental that was missing from my life and my work, even though I wouldn't have necessarily articulated that at the time. So I would, um, I was journaling. I've been a big journaler my whole life and I think it's such a great way to try to, you know, make sense of yourself. And I sort of would journal at night. I'd work these long days and come home and journal at night to try to work out what was going on for me and to really explore my feelings and my emotional world. And I started at some point, I don't exactly know when, I know it was about 10 years ago, I don't know why, but it had always fascinated me, I started to put the moon phases into my journal. So the moon cycle goes for about a month and I was really sort of working with the the full moon is the obvious sort of phase, I suppose, that a lot of people are familiar with, but there are other phases of the moon, it starts at the new moon when it's dark and waxes up to full through some phases and then back down again to new. And so I would just draw little pictures in my journal where the moon was in the sky and then really over time I started to see that there were these correlations between how I was feeling and what was going on in my world and where the moon was in the sky. And there were correlations in you know, my body, my rhythms, my energy, my um, a, a lot of things which were I'd actually felt pretty detached from up until that point. So I was so fascinated by this, I ended up going much more deeply into this. It was very much a personal practice, but because I was so passionate about it and I started to find that aligning with the moon cycle was a way for me to really just connect in with and honor my own rhythm, start to see myself and witness myself and start to design my own life because I'd see these patterns emerging over subsequent moon cycles, a month is not a very long time, um, the moon cycle just lasting for about a month. And so those patterns are very easy to observe and then they'd repeat and so they become quite predictable. So I was so interested in this that I started to share it with other people whilst, you know, very much on the side, very much as a, as a just, you know, an interest, a hobby to start with. And then other women were just so interested, so fascinated as well. I think so many women have that fascination with the moon cycle and so when many women feel disconnected from themselves and from nature and from something bigger that it just became something which I talked about more and more then started to hold workshops and started to work with women and and started to learn a lot more about this moon cycle in a really organic way. It's so amazing that it was like the law and the moon as these kind of <laughs> bookends that you were working with and at what point did it start to feel like there was going to be a book? Because you started doing workshops and you have this amazing online resource that people can participate in. But I'm assuming people started to ask about a book at some point. Is that 
the case? Yeah, that's right. Well, it's interesting because ever since I was a little girl, I really wanted to write a book, but I didn't, you know, it was just one of those real childhood dreams, I suppose. I always had at the back of my mind, you know, I'd love to write a book one day. And then it was in 2013. So I had been working, uh, coaching clients at that point um, in 2013. And I did start to get these questions from people like, when are you going to write the book? Like, we really would love to have this information in a way that we can start to work with it in our own lives and you know we'd buy the book and so I you know I was like oh great you know this is fantastic you know I'd love to write a book and and if people are actually interested in this and this would be something which would be a real joy to write and so I I suppose the idea was there but it really took I mean that was a I suppose that was the planting of the seed, but it just took some time for that to really grow because I think writing a book is such a big undertaking, of course, that it was something where I really had to actually carve out the space and the time in my own life and with my work that I could actually facilitate the 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 birthing process of it. <laughs> Definitely. One of the things that... I really love about the lunar abundance practice is how you talk in it about how there are different phases of the moon and some of them are more yang and some of them are more yin. And as you move through the lunar, uh, the lunar cycle, we work on kind of taking different kinds of actions toward the intention that we have. And since you had this big book intention, I'm wondering how that played out in the lunar abundance practice? Mm, so that's such a good question. So I would say, firstly, there are two ways that the lunar abundance practice really helped me write the book. And firstly, there is that the, the, the day-to-day aspect of the practice, which is, as you said, there are the yin phases of the moon and the yang phases of the moon that I work with. So out of the eight phases of the moon that I work with in the lunar abundance practice, four are yin, four are yang. They come in pairs and each one of those moon phases lasts for a few days apiece. So there'll be a few days of a yin phase and a few days of a yang phase. And so on, in the actual day-to-day writing of the book, the yin and the yang phases uh, were incredibly helpful in a way that I'll talk about in a moment. And then the second way I think that Lunar Abundance really helped with the book is really going into the principles of abundance. So each one of those eight moon phases correlates with the principle of abundance and cultivating that better life for yourself and cultivating an abundant life for yourself, which is very much around living in the flow and living in the overflow and always having enough and to be able to receive and to give and to start with intention. So these are some of the abundance principles that we work with in the practice and each one correlates with one of those moon phases. And the very first moon phase, the new moon phase, is the principle of intention. So being incredibly intentional about your entire life, what it is that you would like to draw into your life and create in your life. But in the case of the book, you know, it is very much about you know, creating uh, a, an actual, you know, a book to bring into form and knowing that that will take some time. And I differentiate between intentions and goals in the Lunar Abundance Practice. And goals can play a role as well. I think goals are really important, but we tend to have that 
I think, obsession with goals and goal setting in personal development culture and in corporate culture, organizational culture. And the way that I differentiate them is that goals can be much more, you know, sort of specific and measurable and time oriented um, in the sense that you're looking at a particular, you know, period of time where, whereas intentions are much more thematic and feeling based. So I think that they both work really beautifully together. And so whereas, you know, the goal perhaps was to write and produce a, a book in a certain time period, I was very clear about the intention of how I wanted to feel as I was writing the book, how I wanted the book writing process to feel, but also how I wanted my readers to feel when they received the book, so when they were reading the book. So I really got so clear and took a lot of time at the early stages of the project working not just with the with the goal, like how it was all going to look and you know how it was all going to happen, but with the intention of how it was going to feel both for me but also for my readers. So how how did you want to feel and how did you want the reader to feel? Well, I really wanted to um, I really wanted to have fun with the process. I wanted it to be a joyful and uh, really graceful process. And I really enjoy writing. So I feel like this is something which for me was an incredible like treat and privilege to actually you know sit down and and give myself permission to to do what I really wanted to do, which was to write the book. So I was really clear that I wanted it to be a joyful process. I really wanted it to be an easeful process. And that was the case, not just for the writing of the book, but also bringing the book into the hands of my readers. I really wanted there to be simplicity in the process of actually getting the book uh, to um, to the into the hands of the people that I really wanted to read it, and and that actually came to fruition. We can talk about that a little bit later. The publication process, um, and also the writing process was absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I really, really enjoyed that process. So that also came to fruition. And then in terms of how I wanted my readers to feel, I really wanted people to feel, I wanted the book to get into the, sort of the maximum number of hands of people who would benefit from it. And I wanted the people who were going to read the book to feel, you know, really you know, seen and understood as they were reading the book to understand that the book was designed to you know, really meet them where they were at and to help them to create that abundant life for themselves and create the best version of their own lives. But more than that, I really wanted the book to be able to, I wanted to inspire uh, my readers and to give them that sense of that, you know, the bigger vision and the opportunity to really dream big and to go back to basics and think about what it is that they wanted to create for themselves and to know that it was possible. They weren't already living it, but also to give the practical steps along the way. So I wanted my readers to feel that they had um, that sense of knowledge what we're going to what what are, what are going to be the practical action steps that I can take what's the how-to not just what are the interesting ideas and the interesting concepts to do with you know, creating a better life by the moon cycle but I wanted them to feel that sense of personal power that they were then equipped to take those next steps and to feel really supported and encouraged along the way because the book fits within you know, a bigger system um, that I have and a lot of free information that I provide in various ways and shapes and forms on the internet and offline as well around, um, you know, really not just sort of having this information dumped on them, but that there was going to be 
support and encouragement along the way that this isn't just a one moon cycle practice uh it's not just about you know just sitting in your room and sort of reading the book and um and then just doing it in your own life but there is a real community of people out here who are also working with this practice and i'm also working with this practice in real time because it's a personal practice and it's one which i'm still um, really uh working with on on a daily basis in my own life there is that connection out there for readers if they wanted to take it off the page and take it further into their own lives. That's amazing. And in in terms of taking it into your life and the and the how to and the practical steps, how did you build a writing routine that felt fun and had ease as you were writing the book? Like how did mm-hmm. that look on a day-to-day basis? So the first thing that I did is that I carved out space in my calendar so that I could have an immersive experience as I wrote the book. And so this was really important for me because I know that I work really well immersively. And so I planned this out a year in advance that I would be able to take a couple of months like off client work and off sort of the real day-to-day runnings of my business and demands that I was able to, you know, really carve out that space. And it did take a year to, to plan that and to make the necessary, you know, adjustments and changes that I needed to, to make. And I think that's important to say at the outset, which is that this book was such a long time in the, in the making and that the planning was really important on a practical level to allow myself the space to be able to to write it in a way that was going to feel really fun and joyful for me because I already knew that about myself that that immersive writing was going to be what was actually going to feel the best for me and so what that meant is that on then the day-to-day basis when I sat and wrote the book and the first draft took me probably two or three weeks to write the first draft. So when I say I work immersively, like I really sat down and, and wrote it. Really? Um, two or three weeks? That's amazing because this is not a tiny book. <laughs> no, it's it's not. Um, now, when I say it's the first draft, I want to be really clear that it, it was that was a first draft and that was a real brain dump you know I spent a lot longer on the second draft (laughs) Uh, I spent about two months writing the second draft but to have those two drafts was really important and for me to get down really a whole draft of the book on paper and I think it was around 50,000 words uh, that I got down was just just gave me a huge sense of achievement and a sense that this was going to be a project that I was going to be able to complete and when I started writing it I found that it was um, it just flowed through me So, again, in terms of like the practical aspects of the writing process, I I know that I work best in the morning. So it was a matter of being very disciplined with myself when I got up, not getting onto, you know, email and social media and all of the time wasters first thing in the morning, but to really sit down and actually write the book. And so, and to to commit to that um, before, you know, moving into the rest of the day. And so in the mornings, I have part of part of the lunar abundance practice, in fact, is to sit with your intention for the month. So the new moon intention, sitting at the beginning of the moon cycle, but really sitting with working with that intention each day throughout the moon cycle helps you to stay really grounded and anchored to whatever it is that you're working with 
at that time. And of course, my intentions whilst I was writing the book were to do with creativity and flow. And so I would sit with my intention in the morning. I would you know, meditate, you know, just a matter of five or 10 minutes and then get up and then write. And because, it, because this is a practice which I had been teaching for a number of years and I'd worked with clients, I really knew the material backwards before I sat down and wrote the book. So the writing process wasn't really an iterative process for me. It was more of a documentation process. And I feel like there's no way if I was sitting down and starting with a relatively new topic from scratch that I'd be able to write a draft in a few weeks. That, that just simply wouldn't be possible. But because of the nature of the, of the work that I was already doing and my really intimate relationship with the content, uh, it meant that I was able to just sit down and just let it and let the work pour, let the words pour through me. Yeah, I wondered if that made it easier, having taught it in a monthly iteration over and over again in the salon, that that kind of had your mind just ready to go on the book. 100%. And I actually had written the book outline at uh, about a year earlier, uh, but had been, uh, you know, I'd had a a very full life, as we all do, you know, and had had uh, an aim that I would be writing regularly for the duration of that year <laughs> on my outline. But I, I didn't have the, um, you know, I didn't have the opportunity and or I didn't create the space in that year, uh, partly also because I knew that I did have this immersive period coming up. And so by the time that I sat down to write, it was like it was all backed up. <laughs> the words were just backed up and it just poured out. And particularly, as you say, because this is something which I had just been teaching uh, on a, just on a constant basis for a really long time there was just a, a fluidity to the process and it was very easy and joyful exactly as I'd intended it to be. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor Scrivener. So if you're working on a project like Ezzy is that has a certain amount of structure in advance like her concept of the moon and all of its cycles, knowing that you're already going to have those chapters. You can really easily in Scrivener create sections in advance so that they're all laid out. You can even view them on a corkboard view, which is super helpful and visual for those of us who are a little more creative. And then you can go in and fill in the sections that you're working on. I find this to be hugely simpler rather than working in a, you know, beginning to finish kind of document. So if you're working with the phases of the moon, watching your mood and dipping in and out of your project and feel a little more right-brained, I think Scrivener is going to be the right fit. You can check them out at literatureandlatte.com and remember the code SECRET will get you 20% off the desktop software. Okay, let's get back to Ezzy. So as soon as you decided that it was time, that there was going to be a book, did you decide that you were going to write the book and then see about how you wanted to put it out in the world? We sort of alluded to the publication process. Was that something you just said, I'm going to put that off until I've written it? Or was that part of the plan from the beginning? It's a great question. Because my plan from the beginning, as I mentioned uh, before, was that I wanted the book to get into the maximum number of hands of and into the minds and the ears and the eyes of readers who would benefit from it. So that was as far as I got with the planning for the publication phase of the book. 
I really didn't know how long the book was going to take me to write. I was really surprised that I wrote it as quickly as I did. And I was um, so immersed in the writing process uh, and also, again, you know, in the day-to-day running of my business as well, particularly once I got into the, the second draft phase, I had other responsibilities and commitments as well. I really found that the publication was something which I pushed to the back of my mind. Somewhere in there, I'd hoped that I would at some stage get a publisher for the book. I thought there would have been real advantages to that. But I also thought as like a very good plan B was that I would self-publish the book on Amazon because I'd known people who had done that and had had great success with doing it that way. So I thought, well, you know, we're in this fantastic modern age where it is very easy to get the book into the maximum hands of the readers who'd benefit from it. I'm sure that it will take care of itself. So that's where I was at. And the day that I sent, uh, so I'd actually hired uh, an editor. I worked with the um, absolutely brilliant Esme Wang, who is also a member of the Lunar Abundance Salon, which is fantastic to work with an editor who was also very intimate with the Lunar Abundance Practice, which I was writing about. And so because I said to myself, okay, I'll, you know, I'll self-publish, I had hired uh, Esme to edit the book and so I'd sent the book off to, to Esme, um, the second draft, and I got an email the following day as I started to shift into, okay, what might happen next mode, um, knowing that Esme would you know, take a few weeks with the book uh, draft manuscript and I thought, okay, that'll give me a little bit of breathing space to start to research Amazon and publications. So I sent the book to Esme me one day the next day I got an email from a publisher who'd seen that I had been on I'd been on Instagram posting about the book writing process and the publisher said hi we follow you on Instagram we see that you are you've been writing a book have you considered working with a publisher would you like to talk to us wow talk about timing (laughs) yeah certainly there's the there's real magic in it do you remember what moon phase it was when that happened oh I'd have to look that up I'm like, I wonder if it was the one where, I wonder if it was a yin phase. You're like, okay, I've completed my yang phase. I've sent my book off to Esme. And then now I'm going to sit back and receive, which is part of the process. I almost feel like it was. Yes, I think that you might be right. So was that the publisher you ultimately went with or did that just open up the conversation? It was the publisher that I ultimately went with and it this is an Australian publisher and I was um, absolutely blown away by them and their process and the way that they really saw my vision for the book and they understood where the book really fit in for me in terms of my um, you know, my business and what I'd like to do and also the way that I'd like to eventually get the book into even more hands, which would mean having an international publication. So I negotiated directly with the publisher just to sell them the Australian and New Zealand rights for the book. So I was able to retain everything else worldwide, uh, knowing that there was going to be another step in this process. And so I was just absolutely delighted. There were a number of of conversations over uh, a number of months, uh, a a couple of months, and before I ended up signing on the dotted line with them. Uh, But it was a very easy process in retrospect, and it's happened 
with rocket speed in retrospect as well. And the book itself has just come together in terms of its visual design in a way which I would never have been able to do myself if I was self-publishing. So I'm absolutely delighted with what they've done. How much did they, because you have a really, we'll have links to your site and all of your resources in the show notes so people can see how beautiful your design is for your site. And in looking at the book, I was really excited by how respectful they seem to be of the design statement you had. And I'm wondering how much they participated or, or looked at your design as sort of a visual representation of the work you're doing. Well, that was really what attracted me. Or that was, I suppose, that's why they came to me in the first place, was that they really liked the visual brand, which I had already developed and was working with. And it was something which in the negotiations with them, I was very clear how important that uh, the visual aspect of Lunar Abundance was to me because it's been such a love project to to create this. I have a fantastic designer, graphic designer that I've worked with right from the beginning. And so she has helped me to create this, you know, these beautiful moon graphics, which have got so much depth and meaning to them. And so we've spent so much time creating those. And so in working with the publisher, you know, they really liked that in me in the first place. And then I was very clear about how important it was to me that it was going to that that would carry over into the book design process. And they were incredibly uh, collaborative with me through that process. As you say, there is that um, the real consistency and the real respect I feel to what it is that I had developed and what it is that has made it into the book. And I, I ended up um, being very closely involved in that process and supplying a lot of the, the images and giving a lot of feedback, actually, to, to them. And they were incredibly gracious and receptive. I think it's great to hear examples of this because I, I do hear on the show and in general a lot of authors who talk about the, the sort of necessary experience of giving out control of the visual statement and what it's like working with a publisher. Like, I didn't get to pick the cover. I didn't get to pick all of this and that that's the publisher's job. So I always like to hear different examples of that experience of like going with a publisher doesn't necessarily mean giving that up. Absolutely. And I feel like one thing which I was um, I was very clear on that right from the start, how important that was to me. And so I feel like that really gave the collaboration such a strong footing uh, because that formed part of the preliminary negotiations before I'd signed a contract. And so I, as any words of advice, if there is any ability at the negotiation phase to have that as part of the conversation and part of the terms of the contract, even if possible, then I would really recommend that because it stood me in very good stead throughout the process. But absolutely. And there was lots of back and forth as well. I feel like the final book design certainly isn't the initial book design that they gave to me. So there was also that level of, of investment which and time and energy investment that I needed to put in. And there was also compromises that I made uh, where 
they would, um, the publisher really had some strong ideas about a couple of aspects. And I just thought, well, you've been so good about everything else that absolutely, you know, there are some things that I will compromise on because at the end of the day, you are in the book publishing business. And if you have a very strong opinion about X, there probably is a good reason for that. So that was definitely part of it as well as a really good working relationship. Yeah, as you were talking, I realized in some ways it feels like your legal background and this work with Lunar Abundance are so separate. But I imagine your legal background came in handy as you were dealing with contracts and other sort of aspects of publishing. In surprising ways. Yeah. Did they know about your background? Oh, yeah. There's so many people who are both lawyers and writers, and I wonder if that really serves them. And that's like a powerful combination because you get the best kind of contract or they know that you're going to take it seriously. Yeah, I it's an interesting question. I feel like there is a yeah, that is an interesting question. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, they did say that they liked working with me as well. That's good. I don't know whether that was part of the appeal or not. I feel like definitely the fact that I have had real world experience and that I wasn't writing a very sort of, you know, up in the clouds moon book definitely had appeal. So whether that was just, you know, the legal background or just the fact that I had had a previous career, which was very grounded in real life was certainly something that they looked towards because they're not a new age publisher. They, uh, they do some personal development work, but it was, um, I think it was the combination of the fact that I had had this this legal background and now I'm doing work which is very different, which was actually, well, it's unique and it was also interesting to them as I think it is to a lot of people. Definitely. It is a very practical book which gives you a lot of good, solid information to apply rather than just sort of a philosophy. And I think that was very appealing in what I saw in it. Yeah, I feel like it is, I mean, there's, there's, there's a space for philosophy and theory, but I feel like the work which is most interesting to me is the very practical side of things that gets results. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up leaving academia was that I wanted to really speak to people's real everyday lives and to be able to to make or offer something that would help people make their everyday real lives uh, a little better. So when this episode, so as we're recording, we're, it's right before, but by the time this episode is up, the book's going to be out in the world, at least in Australia. You'll be able to order it if you want to order it from Australia. So how, do you, how are you feeling sort of on the eve of it, of it going wide and this dream coming to fruition? That's such an interesting question. I feel... There's, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it and there's that sense of it having taken quite a long time to get to this point, which is, you know, really it's moved very, very quickly, the entire process. But I finished the, the, the final draft six months ago, so there is that sense right now of feeling like, oh, come on already, you know, I, I really want people to read it. I can't wait for people to read it. So. Um, there, there, there's excitement and then there's also, um, that sense of readiness. And then of course there's trepidation as well, because this is my first book and 
whilst I have been teaching and coaching and working with women online and offline for several years, I haven't ever written a book before. I've never had a my work so easily accessible and so packaged uh, in the way that the book will be. And of course, there's that sense of will it be received in the way that I intend it to be. I really hope that it will, but you don't really know until you start to to get the the feedback from the people that I wrote it for. So definitely there's an, a, a very interesting um, feeling to this time, sort of the, it's almost, uh, you know, the night before, you know, your birthday when you were a kid or something like that. It's that feeling of like something's going to happen tomorrow uh, or, or very, very soon. But, you know, what exactly is that going to feel like? I'll just need to, to just experience that in that moment. And then it's starting, you know, in your home country of Australia, but then there are plans to expand the book and further that vision of going out to, you know, as you said, get it in as many hands as possible who would benefit. So it seems like that's an ongoing process that's still unfolding. Absolutely. It's unfolding as we speak. So that's (laughs) also, yeah, that's also very, very exciting. And I'm certainly learning a lot about the process of the the publication process of a book and just how different that is to the creative process and just how much is involved and how complicated it can be behind the scenes <laughs> it's an interesting it's it's definitely an interesting process that's for sure and I'm learning a lot are you glad that you just sold the Australian rights the first time and that you're now expanding you know, looking at different outlets? Or is there part of you that's like, oh, it would have been easier to just do it all in one shot? (laughs) I feel like my Australian publisher have done such an incredible job with the Australian book that I am, um, you know, this part of me that thinks, oh, they've really set the bar high. So it, will be interesting to then go ahead and work with uh, another publisher in another country if it comes to that, which I hope it does. But having said that, I mean, Australia is a very small place. The population of Australia is a fraction of the US. And so, for instance, and and of course, also UK and and Northern Europe is um, another part of the world uh, where I uh, have a number of people who engage with me online and a number of clients in those places as well. So there's a, there's a really big world outside of Australia and I feel really, you know, happy that I, I have got the option to explore the, uh, the bigger opportunities outside of Australia moving forwards and it's just a matter of following the crumbs and following my practice and trusting in the unfolding. Yeah, because you did have the the first publisher just showed up as soon as you sent it off. So who knows, maybe the next one is going to pop up in the same way. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I've set the intention and I feel like if it is the right thing for that intention to come into form, well, I'm doing everything to assist to facilitate that. So I'm taking action and and definitely uh, coming and positioning myself in in the right places and meeting with the right people and really just holding the holding the hope and the trust 
trust that it will unfold exactly as it's supposed to. Yeah. So you had this dream as a little girl that's now coming true to write a book. Does that part of you want to write more books or do you feel like, okay, this is my book and I'm going to get back to teaching and coaching and and I'm good? I loved writing this book so much that I am really excited to write the next books. I had so many ideas and so much that I had to cut out of this book uh, so that it did really work as a standalone book. So I can't wait to write more books. Having said that, I do feel, particularly because I wrote the book in that immersive process or for the most part in an immersive process, that there was a kind of cocooning that happened in that time, which meant that I did feel that, you know, I t- took my took myself out from, from a lot of the, the client work uh, during the, the book creation process. And I feel that's... I do feel a sense of isolation when I do that. So I think that moving forwards, it's going to be just really important just to continue to connect with the people that I'm working with and the people who are engaging with my practice and are resonating with my practice because I love the process of sharing and engaging. It's a very bi-directional process for me as well because I love hearing how people work with my practice and I learn so much as well from from the women that I am I am sharing it with and so it's going to be a matter of finding the right uh, balance and just weaving the right uh, threads through the next couple of years to see how it all all unfolds. It almost feels like coming back to the beginning when we were talking, it's almost a meta process of the the yang and yin phases of the moon. There's sort of the yin phase of retreating and writing and the yang phase of being out and connected with people. It seems like maybe that is going to happen in the future. I love that. I really love that. And I realized we didn't talk about the yin and the yang phases all that much, but that's a really beautiful way of 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 describing that because i feel like these 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 modes of operating so yang being doing and some more action oriented and yin being more uh being in the being receptive mode really play out in many different ways throughout our lives and these cycles play out in many different ways throughout our lives so i think the moon cycle is one cycle which is very important and resonant for us and it's such an easily accessible cycle because we can just look up and see the moon in the sky and it just goes for a month and we can track it but the principles which I share in the lunar abundance practice really apply to life and work much more generally and so that yin and that yang phase of the the yin and the yang phases of the moon for sure really play out in those more yin seasons of retreat and the more yang times of of being out there and and connecting with people and I'm definitely in a yang phase (laughs) at the moment in in my life and my work which is which is necessary I feel after a yin phase and then another yin phase will be necessary after the current yang phase for sure yeah they'll go back and forth I feel like we could do a whole whole episode on the you know finding yin phases in the middle of the yang phase of a book tour and all the promotion that you have to do now right yeah it's really macro and then micro right down to the yeah day by day Mm. absolutely well I'm really excited we'll put links up so people you can get the book from Australia um, if you want to get the book now 
and the book will be coming in other places tba but we will <laughs> we will find out keep us posted and as soon as it's as we've got a date for that we'll share it and i'm just so excited that we got to talk about this because i think again like the fact that you wrote a book about the process is amazing and the process itself is so helpful to the process of writing a book Mm, yes. And I, I really would like to delve more into, into that. You've got me thinking with your questions, Caroline. I love them. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there'll be a book on this one. I don't know. I would be very excited to read that myself. I think I'd be excited to write it. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll have to come back and share once you, once you've done it. <laughs> love to. Thank you for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. The show is produced by me, Caroline Donahue, and Frederick Barry McWilliams Jr., my tireless audio engineer. To get show notes for this episode and all other episodes, please visit secretlibrarypodcast.com. To get updates, literary love, and notification when new episodes are posted, sign up there for Footnotes, my newsletter. And to learn about life coaching with me to work on building your writing life, visit carolinedonahue.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Gold stars to everybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes. We're so grateful. Until next time, happy reading.